Hey, how's it going everybody? Before we get into the show, I was hoping for a small favour. In the description of this episode, there's a link to a survey that I would love for you all to fill out. I want to make this podcast the best possible version of itself, and I think that with your help, I can do that. It'll only take a few minutes, and you'll have my eternal thanks. Hey, you might even get a warm and fuzzy feeling out of it. So yeah, head to the link in the description of this episode, or go to at Podcast on Instagram, and click the link in my bio. Alright, now, on to the episode. Toronto folk singer is dead after she was attacked by a pair of coyotes. What is the monkey doing? Tell me what's monkey. He ripped your face off! We actually have a trainer in the water with one of our whales. If I show weakness, if I retreat, I may be hurt, I may be killed. Baby Azaria Chamberlain was taken by a dingo back in 1980. Hey everybody, welcome back to Man It Is, the only true crime podcast on the entire internet where all the killers are their real animals. And whether it's biting, scratchings, maulings or clawings, you can bet your sweet little penis we are here to talk about it. Welcome back everybody. Jeez, it's good to be here. I'm just, I'll tell you what, genuinely... I'm excited to be doing this with you. It's it's episode uh, 70, 77, is it 77 or 78? It's one of them. Uh, and uh, yeah, real pumped to be here. Uh, we've got a great episode coming up for you today, as opposed to all the other episodes, which are kind of shitty. This one's going to actually be pretty, pretty damn good. Um, but before we get into that, um, really quickly, just wanted to say a few words about um, some other exciting things that happened in my life recently. Um... Uh, as many of you are aware, um, I work in theatre predominantly. Uh, the podcasting thing is just a little fun side gig for me. Um, but no, my main my main deal is I'm an actor and uh, a producer and a director and all that kind of stuff. Last year, uh, at, sorry, at the end of 2022, yeah, I um, produced and starred in a show uh, in my hometown um, called Ideation. And you may, re- if you've been listening to the show for a while, you you may even remember. We ran some ads for that show, where I mentioned it a couple of times. Basically, uh, yeah, show we did in, uh, what do you call it, like, environmental theatre. We basically did the show where it was set. The show, the play is set in a corporate office room. It's like a corporate suits meets, like, uh, the newsroom kind of, kind of thing. So, um, but we, we staged the play, rather than doing it in a theatre, we staged it in uh, an actual boardroom. We, uh, the University of Newcastle, which is one of the uh, best universities in uh, Australia and in the top 100 in the world, I'm pretty sure. Um, they were really kind. They let us use one of their spaces and we staged the play there at a huge financial loss. I, w- <laughs> I will say that. I, I was out of pocket for that one. Um, but it was a great show. We had a really good time. Um, it was in 2022, but we kind of forgot that it was eligible for um, some awards this year in 2023. And so we were at the... Um, they're called the Condor Awards. We were at the Condor Awards last weekend. Um, just having a good time. Didn't think I'd win anything. It was nominated for a few other things. I, I was nominated for directing War of the Worlds and blah, blah, blah. Nothing nothing. I was you know expecting to win. And then we get to the final award of the night, which is the big one. It's Best Dramatic Production. It's the equivalent of like Best Picture, uh, if it was the Oscars. Uh, and, and Ideation won. And we were really shocked because not many people saw it. And it was the year before. 
and a bunch of other reasons, but it was lovely, and we uh, got to go up and did a little speech, and uh, yeah, it was really, really nice for myself and Maddie and Ben, and uh, yeah, had a, had a fantastic time. So I just really quickly wanted to say thank you to everyone who's been so kind uh, about that, including some of you. I did share that, I think, uh, on my personal Instagram, at Jimothy Chaps, which some of you do follow me there, and um, yeah, I had some very nice messages from a lot of people, including some listeners of the show. So it's nice when um, my uh, two, the two worlds in my life, the theatre stuff and the, and the podcast stuff kind of intersect, and it was nice, uh, yeah, it was nice um, for a few, it was nice that a few of you kind of reached out and, and said some nice things, so th- thank you for that. That was a long-winded story, it didn't need to be that long. Um, I think I'm just excited to be here, gang. By the way, this is going to be the last, it's not the last episode of 2023, but it's the last one I'm recording in 2023. So I, I actually, like a month ago, recorded the final two episodes. It's going to be um, next week and the week after. Two-part series on um, the, what is it, the best, of, the best of, the best of 2023. What are the best episodes and segments of the whole year? Um, and each of those episodes goes for like, at least three hours, I think it was, like, they're quite long, so you can get really excited for those, but I recorded them a while ago, because I wanted to give myself a little bit of a break, so this is actually the last uh, recording of the show for a while, uh, at least for the end of the year, so I'm recording this on, uh, oh, <laughs> Sunday, this, my, here's a glimpse behind the curtain, I'm recording this on the 17th of December, um, and it's going to go up <laughs> as soon as it's done, uh, this was not a, this was not an episode I planned months in advance, so, um, no, this will be the last recording I'm doing for a year. I'm going to post those other two episodes. And then the we're going to call it season three, I guess. Season three of Man Eaters is going to come back um, like late January, maybe early February of 2024. I'm thinking about trying some new artwork, stuff like that. I think I might. what I might do is I might share it on the Instagram or on the Patreon as well. Just get some thoughts because I'm kind of like, oh, I... I feel like it's been, you know, two and a bit years of the show. Maybe we should switch up the podcast art. But then my fiance got me this, I put it on the Instagram, a really sweet um, Christmas ornament of the logo. And it looks so cool. And now I'm like, now I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to change it. So I might I might give it to you guys to, to, to weigh in on as well. So uh, yeah, no new episodes after um, the end of the year for, for maybe three or four weeks. But um, we'll be back strong with season three and speaking of being back strong today's episode uh is about a strong bear who killed someone rocky the bear uh it's a story i've known for a very long time um but never really put much thought into it uh, as an episode because there's not a lot of info out there um so it might be a shorter story than we're used to today. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it's going to be a bit of a relaxed fit of an episode, to be completely honest with you guys. I'm feeling a little dusty today. We had our annual staff Christmas party last night, and boy howdy, did your boy drink some alcohol out of a cup. Yeah, he did. Yeah. It was fun. It was a really good time. But now I'm feeling those consequences. Uh, okay, <laughs> back to it. Rocky the Bear. Um, Let's just, you know what? Hey, 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 hey. Guys, let's just get into it. Here's the story of Rocky the Bear. So, our story today revolves around three individuals. Stephen K. Miller, who was a stuntman and animal trainer. His cousin Randy Miller, also an animal trainer and stunt coordinator. And Rocky the Bear. I'm going to start off by talking about Stephen Miller. 
So, Stephen Miller, not to be confused with the Trump political guy, I'm not a big, I don't really know what he was, but Stephen Miller is a, is a, po- a politics guy in America, talking about a different Stephen Miller, the Stephen K. Miller. He was an American animal trainer, wrangler, and stunt double, who was killed by a bear whilst making a promotional video. Stephen Miller was born on May 6, 1968, although I couldn't find Uh, any information on where he was born. His cousin Randy, also a stuntman, he was born in Hollywood in Los Angeles, California in the United States, so it is possible that Stephen was born in that region as well. I'm going to go ahead and assume he was uh, because of how heavily involved in Hollywood he was. Stephen um, was well known for his work as a stuntman in the industry at the time, and some of his credits include The Postman from 1997, The Island of Dr. Moreau in 1996, and Hollywood Safari in 1997. The only one of those I've actually heard of is The Island of Dr. Moreau. Um, I think I maybe have heard of The Postman, but it's a very vague title. Anything could be called that. It wouldn't surprise me if there's like five movies called that. But there's definitely only one, Island of Dr. Moreau. So, Stephen wasn't the only uh, stuntman in this story. His cousin Randy, as stated earlier, he was born in Hollywood on the 18th of June in 1964. Randy's an actor, and he's known for his work on Gladiator, Jurassic World, and Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. He has a long list of credits, which includes work on Gladiator 2, which is being released worldwide in 2025. I found his Facebook profile. His Facebook profile reads... He built two global brands in soft drinks and training slash stunts with exotic animals over 40 years. He's been around the world on many wild adventures and has dozens of epic stories to tell. Had an extremely wild, adventurous, and dangerous summer in 2023, shooting to release 2025 after Gladiator 2 releases worldwide. So that's Randy Miller. Our final individual in the story, his name's Rocky. Rocky the Bear. So Rocky is a grizzly bear. He was five years old at the time of the encounter that we're going to talk about in this story. According to Predators in Action, which was the stunt service that Rocky worked for, or worked in, I guess he wasn't getting paid, he's a bear. Um, Rocky, at the time of the attack, he was 2.3 meters tall, and he weighed in at 317 kilograms. That's a lot. That's three of me, and I'm, I'm a thick boy right now. I'll tell you what, Christmas, woohoo, I've been putting it on, baby. But that's what New Year's is for, taking it off. Uh, Yeah, Rocky the Bear also, not to be confused with another Rocky the Bear, uh, there's another Rocky the Bear who was a parachuting Asian black bear. Um, We're going to talk about her at the end of the story, because it's it's interesting. She's not a man, she didn't attack many people, but many people, any people, we'll talk about her a little bit later. So, um, yes, Rocky the Bear in this story, not to be confused with another bear. This is a grizzly bear. So, uh, Stephen Miller, let's get to the story. Stephen Miller had worked as a trainer at Predators in Action, an animal training facility operated by his paternal cousin, Randy Miller, who trains wild and exotic animals for film and television appearances. At the time of his death, Miller was not working as a trainer, but was attempting to perform a bear wrestling stunt supervised by Randy Miller. Stephen was an experienced animal trainer who had worked for Predators in Action for several years before leaving to pursue other business ventures. Although he was not the trainer for the bear that killed him, he was experienced with bears, having helped Randy Miller raise and train a previous bear named Dakota. Films in which animals trained by the facility have appeared, including after Miller's departure, included The Island of Dr. Moreau, Gladiator, The Postman, The Last Samurai, and 
I would say most notably to this story, semi-pro. Predators in action animals have also appeared on the Discovery Channel and National Geographic Society programs in which they recreate famous animal attacks, including the mauling of Ray Horn by a white tiger. That's a story we're covering next year, I promise you. On the 22nd of April 2008, while filming a promotional video at the Predators in Action facility, Miller was killed by the five-year-old grizzly bear named Rocky. Rocky was a bear actor who had been trained his whole life to wrestle with humans. At the time, the bear was in the public eye. He had just appeared in movie theaters as Dewey the Killer Bear in the hit film Semi-Pro, which went into wide release several weeks earlier. In the film, Rocky, who's playing Dewey, he wrestles Will Ferrell's body double, Randy Miller. So in the movie, Will Ferrell plays a basketball player from memory. I haven't seen the movie since 2008. Randy Miller was playing the stunt double, and in the movie, he wrestles the bear. So Stephen Miller had been asked to film a wrestling video with Rocky as an advertisement. Now, I'm not sure if this video was meant to be an advertisement for the movie or for Predators in Action. I'm going to assume it's the second because... And we're going to watch the video and I'll, you know, I'll tell you how to see the video later as well. When you watch the video, it's very low quality. It's not like a studio, a Hollywood studio is backing it. So I'm going to assume it was like an advertisement for Predators in Action. So uh, Stephen had been asked to film a wrestling video with Rocky as an advertisement. Now, although Stephen Miller had not been involved in training Rocky, Randy Miller agreed to the request because Stephen Miller was an experienced trainer and had also recently been in a photo shoot with Rocky and gotten to know him fairly well. The plan was to first take some photographs of Stephen Miller and Rocky casually standing next to each other, and then later begin the stage wrestling match. However, we didn't get to that point. During the initial uh, photo shots, Rocky stood up on his hind legs, which is his trained wrestling position, and he began the staged attack too early, catching Stephen Miller off guard. Now, normally, when they would stage the wrestle, uh, Stephen Miller would have, or one of the Millers would have their arm up, an arm up as a guard, uh, which is a proper defensive position. So the bear would kind of latch onto that, not hurt too hard. But he got caught off guard. His arm wasn't up, and so uh, Rocky essentially bit him on the neck. So uh, Rocky basically, yeah, he, he bit him on the neck, and Stephen went down. Randy Miller and several other assistants ran in uh, to try and assist. Randy Miller hit Rocky with a cane. And uh, in the video, and I'm sure you'll hear it, He's hitting him real hard. He's hitting him with a cane. He's trying to make him let go. Um, and Randy later said, and it's interesting that he admitted this because I, it might make him culpable. He did say that um, this action of hitting Rocky with a cane may have inadvertently escalated the bear attack. So the seven uh, and a half foot tall, 700 pound bear bit Stephen Miller on the neck once. Unfortunately, this one bite pierced his jugular vein and his cotyroid artery. An autopsy revealed that he died within minutes of the attack. And I think now's a good time to, to play the video. So let's let's have a listen to that. That's great. So you can watch that video on YouTube just by searching up, you know, uh, Rocky the Bear attack. Um, 
as we see the bear standing up, it seems fairly innocuous, everyone's pretty relaxed, but then just sort of out of the blue, the bear just turns and, and latches onto Stephen Miller's neck. He goes down, and really quickly, Rick, uh, Randy Miller is in there with two assistants. Um, Randy Miller belts him with a cane several times. You can hear how hard, how, how, how hard he's hitting. And he actually even, like, uh, he, either he drops the cane or he, he, he throws the cane, um, but he, he kind of... La tries to like latch around Rocky's neck. He tries to wrestle the bear off. He gets flung around. Um, he like will say all judgments to the end. Very um, selfless in what he does there. Like he puts himself in danger too. He tries to put himself between him, his cousin, and the, and the bear. Two assistants are also there, um, and they spray Rocky with with bear spray. And at that point, the bear the bear gives up. Um, you can hear Stephen Miller's screams as well. Um, it's 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 a pretty brutal video you can't it's not gory we can't see too much of like what's going on but it, it is pretty um pretty dramatic we'll just say that we then see uh the bear once he's left because of the bear spray steven jumps up and he and he wanders off and in the video it seems like you know oh well uh, no harm done you can't see any any blood from the victim um but what actually happened was that uh steven miller stumbled off uh to the side of the camera uh, and I guess it was the adrenaline going. It's the adrenaline that just got him to spring up and get away from the bear. But um, no, he he uh, he he collapsed just off after getting off off screen, um, and he died moments later. His jugular, his uh, carotid artery, uh, had been completely severed. He lost uh, blood loss very quickly, uh, and he um, yeah he he died very very quickly after the attack. Unfortunately, so yeah, it's a pretty pretty intense intense video there. So following Stephen Miller's death, the California Department of Fish and Game initiated a probe into the events of the attack with the intent to eventually decide whether Rocky should be euthanized. People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, aka PETA, and other animal rights groups who have long protested the use of wild animals in films called for Rocky to be spared and to be allowed to retire to a zoo or another similar facility. It was later revealed on the National Geographic Channel program Grizzly Face to Face colon Hollywood bear tragedy, that the coroner's office and the California Department of Fish and Game ruled Miller's death accidental and did not order the death of the bear or for it to be euthanized. However, Rocky was required to live under restrictions and he was no longer able to have contact with persons other than his trainers. He would no longer be allowed to be exhibited or used for film or TV work. In Grizzly Face to Face, Randy Miller stated that he planned to continue working with Rocky and to try and get the restrictions lifted because he believed that Stephen would have wanted that. In 2012, the California Fish and Game Commission considered whether to lift the restrictions on, Rocky to, uh, on Rocky's permit to allow him to work again in the state of California. According to Randy Miller and Rocky's legal team, <laughs> the bear has a legal team. I think it means Randy's legal team. New safety protocols had been put in place. Other animal trainers and experts had supplied testimony that Rocky was not dangerous. A petition drive had shown that many performers from around the, from around the world supported his return to work, and the U.S. Department of Agriculture had cleared him to work, with the only remaining restrictions being in California, the location most available for work for Rocky. Now, following a hearing on October 3rd, 2012, the commission decided not to remove Rocky's permit restrictions. In 2022, 
Rocky was relocated to a large animal sanctuary in Alpine, California. Now, before we wrap up our story, I just want to like uh, go back and do a couple other little things. I did find an article here from 10 years ago, 15 years ago, sorry, uh, just after the uh, the attack had, had occurred. It's published by The Age, uh, and the headline reads, Semi-Pro Bear Kills Trainer. So I'm going to read this now for you. A grizzly, and remember this is, uh, two th- sorry, this is published April 24th, 2008, at 1.05 a.m., <laughs> very specific. A grizzly bear, featured in the new comedy film Semi-Pro, has killed a trainer at a private facility for exotic animals in California. Three experienced handlers were working today with the bear at Randy Miller's Predators in Action facility when it bit the 39-year-old Stephen Miller on the neck. Stephen Miller was Randy's cousin, said San Bernardino County Sheriff spokeswoman Cindy Beavers. <laughs> what a great name, Cindy Beavers. The center's staff used pepper spray to subdue and contain the bear, and there were no other injuries, she said. A, fi- a county fire department trauma- a county fire department traumatic injury response unit responded at 3 p.m. but could not revive Miller. Sheriff's Sergeant Dave Phelps said the bear was five-year-old rocky the predators in action website says that rocky is 2.3 meters tall and weighs 317 kilograms and appeared in a scene in semi-pro in which will farrell's character wrestles a bear to promote his basketball team calls seeking comment from randy miller a stuntman and operator of predators in action were not immediately returned randy miller doubled for farrell in the bear wrestling match according to the center's website The center, located in San Bernardino Mountains east of Los Angeles, says that it has two grizzlies and also trains lions, tigers, leopards, cougars, and wolves for uses ranging from film and TV to advertising and education. Randy Miller has 25 years of experience training animals and his facility has a perfect safety record according to the website. It is not immediately known for how long Rocky has been at the facility. Randy Miller won a Stunt Academy Award for his work wrestling tigers in the 2000 film Oscar-winning blockbuster Gladiator and performed his stunts with animals in films like The Postman, The Island of Dr. Moreau, and The Last Samurai. He also helped create, recreate animal attacks for National Geographic's documentaries and the Discovery Channel. It is not immediately clear what will happen to the bear. Denise Richards, who works with wild animals at Moon Ridge Zoo, a sanctuary for injured and homeless wildlife near Big Bear Lake, said trained animals that turn on their handlers are often destroyed. Quote, You can train them and use them as many safety precautions as you can, but you're still taking a chance if you're putting yourself in contact with them, Richards said. It's still a wild animal. Even though it may appear that the bear attacked for no reason, there was a reason. I'm sure Randy understands why it happened. They're not cold-blooded killers. The article ends by saying native grizzly bears are extinct in California. I didn't know that. Is that true? Um, let's just take a little sidebar because I don't like. There are bears in California. Is it? The last California grizzly was seen in Yosemite in 1924, going extinct after decades of persecution and bounty hunting. Some have estimated that California was home to as many as 10,000 bears prior to the gold rush. Okay, so that's correct. The California grizzly bear is extinct. Um, Yeah, interesting story there from The Age. I also wanted to see if I could find a statement or any comment from Will Ferrell uh, regarding the attack, but I could not find anything. I imagine his... uh, He was probably a producer on the film too. Uh, Even if he wasn't, I'm sure the studio wanted 
to keep news of this as quiet as possible and to keep the the name semi-pro out of the story as much as they could didn't work too well because semi-pro kills uh semi-bro bear kills trainer is the headline of this article and um basically that's what the film is best known for in my opinion it's uh that also the scene where um uh i can't remember who it is someone calls will Arnett a jive turkey <laughs> that's such a great scene they're all making fun of each other and he goes you're a jive turkey and then i think it's will Arnett. fuck did you just call me <laughs> so serious oh no he didn't call you a jive turkey he called you a motherfucker. Yeah, no, he called you a fucking asshole. <laughs> it's a pretty good movie. It's not his best, but, you know, go back and have a look. And um, you can watch uh, watch Rocky as Dewey the Bear. Um, finally, yeah, I, I did a little bit of snooping around just to see what Randy Miller was up to. He doesn't run, um, I believe he doesn't run uh, the Predators in action anymore. I think he, he doesn't run anymore. He does, well, he's... Yeah, I can still see his email addresses related to that. I'm not going to give that out. But um, uh, he also has um, a Rocky the Bear update page as well. Um, the Rocky the, the Bear update page. He's, he's the administrator on that page. The last post was uh, on March 22nd. And it's Rocky enjoying his new habitat. Um, he currently lives at an animal sanctuary, an exotic animal sanctuary called Lions, Tigers, and Bears, um, which I believe is in uh, California. Yep, Alpine in California. Um, We are an exotic animal sanctuary dedicated to animals born in captivity who are ignored and abused. Um, They have lots of animals there. Looks like a nice place. Um, And you know what, Rocky's... um, Rocky looks like he's living his best life. He's just chilling... Um, he's doing all right, and yeah, it does look like Randy Miller, uh, posts occasional updates, um, on that page as well, so, there you go. Maybe Predators, I'm looking at the website now, Predators in Action maybe is still running, I don't know if he, if Randy Miller still runs it though, we'll see if the website takes me anywhere, but the, um, the Rocky the Bear update page, the animal, the, the email address listed, it's, uh, predatorsinaction.com, it links to the website, so, perhaps it does still run. I, I mean, I don't feel bad about saying, yeah, it's Randy at Animal, Randy at PredatorsInAction.com. He's, um, email address is everywhere, so I don't feel bad, like, saying it on a podcast. Uh, the, the website isn't really loading very well, but it's got a cool logo. I'll give him that. Um, oh, wow. There's just a lot of, Randy is, okay, so Randy is still here. Randy is available as an exotic, oh, God. Oh, Oh, God, what is playing? <laughs> ah! Jesus. What is this? I can't turn it off. It auto-plays a video of a tiger wrestling Randy, I think? Um, you can't... <laughs> oh, it just re- it repeats over and over again. <laughs> you can't turn it off. Can I not turn it off? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That's a bad, that's a bad feature for your website, is that it? Yeah, <laughs> it auto plays the loudest video possible when you can't turn it off. <laughs> it's like, have you seen that Tim Robinson sketch on I think you should leave, where he like it's the calico cop pants one, and he keeps sending really loud videos that you can't pause <laughs> to his coworker in a quiet office. That's what this is like, and it <laughs> there's no pause, and every time you scroll back to the top. It just starts playing. Oh, he's... Yep. 
Wow. Very good. Yeah. Fake wrestling on the tiger. All right. Um, <laughs> the website says that um, Randy Miller is available as an exotic animal expert and consultant for interviews, projects, research, developing safety protocols, and also available as an expert witness. Does that mean for, like, law? Oh, Randy has retired as an animal trainer, and Predators in Action no longer provides animals for filming in the entertainment industry. There's an update for you. So they don't really operate anymore. What's it like to be a lion tamer? Uh, read this Esquire article and get the inside scoop on life as a professional big cat trainer. Learn how Randy Miller made his big break and how he landed the first World Stunt Academy Award ever in 2001. That's pretty great. Randy Miller wins first World Stunt Award for Gladiator. What's this video? Let's see what this is. Um, nope. <laughs> it's not going to work. Never mind. Never mind. Um, yeah, okay. Well, there you go. There's an update. So, Rocky's living peacefully uh, on an exotic, an exotic uh, sanctuary for uh, captive animals. Oh, it plays again. Of course it fucking does. <laughs> Rocky's living a peaceful life in California. Randy has retired, uh, but his website is still active and um, he's still working because he's, he's uh, filmed Gladiator 2, which is apparently um, coming out uh, next year in 2025. So that's exciting. So just to wrap up what the, the story is all about, um, it was a very unfortunate thing that happened. And I think that it, it, the coroner ruled it as an accident. And I think that's probably like the fairest assessment for what this was. It was an accident. Um, the bear probably just misread a, a, a bit of body language and thought that he was beginning the wrestling scene. The arm wasn't there, uh, so he had nothing to bite into. He bit the neck instead, and then, um, unfortunately, Stephen died. Um, as far as I'm aware, no um, no criminal proceedings were brought against uh, Predators in Action or Randy Miller, um, and Rocky, oh, thank God, Ro Rocky was not euthanized, which is great. Um so yeah, that's that's basically the story. Let's talk about the other Rocky the Bear real quick, because this piqued my interest. Uh, Rocky, when you search up Rocky uh, the Bear on Wikipedia, um, the Stephen Miller one is not the one that comes up. Rocky, the, the this one does. It literally says, not to be confused with Rocky the Bear who killed animal trainer Stephen Miller. This one is from the 50s. So Rocky um, was a parachuting Asian black bear. She was purchased from a Kumamoto Zoo to serve as a mascot for the U.S. 187th Airborne Regimental Combat Team during the Korean War. She completed five parachute jumps, earning her a parachutist badge. After sustaining injuries during an infantry attack, she was awarded the Purple Heart. <laughs> this gets so much wilder every sentence we read. After she was discharged, Rocky was shipped to the United States where she was a guest on the television program Zoo Parade. She lived out the remainder of her life at the Lincoln Park Zoo in Chicago. I was only going to read that, but I think I want to read her whole life because that's crazy. Um, so Rocky, this Rocky, was born on April 1st, 1953 in Hokkaido. She lived briefly at a zoo in Kumamoto in Japan. Members of the U.S. 187th Airborne Regimental Combat Team's AAA Battery were stationed in Kumamoto during the Korean War. They decided, <laughs> they decided that they needed a mascot for the regiment and purchased the four-pound, which was 1.8 kilograms, cub from the zoo for 40,000 yen, which is approximately $111 U.S. She was originally named uh, Rakas, uh, Rakasan, or Rocky-san, 
which was a nickname for the regiment and the Japanese word for parachute. Rocky served as the mascot for the battalion and was taken along on many parachute jumps. She was, she was quote-unquote encouraged to jump five times, including one assisted jump, meeting the qualifications for designation as a paratrooper and earning her parachutist badge. God damn it. The US military is so interesting because it seems like there's so many um, there's so many rules about everything, right? Like <laughs> there's there's such strict guidelines and and um, requisites that you have to meet to become something. You have to meet the, this qualification to be a paratrooper. You have to do a jump, um, and including an assisted jump, that can make you a parachutist. But not being a human doesn't disqualify you from being one. So she is a parachutist and earned a parachutist badge. Rocky had a special parachute harness. God, this is such a great sentence. Rocky had a special parachute harness, but was a reluctant paratrooper. Yeah, I'm not surprised. For her first jump, just two months after leaving the zoo, she was placed in the kit bag of Jean Castle. On her next jump out of a uh, a C-119, she bit three soldiers before the jump master eventually pushed her out. On the fourth jump, she chewed off the toe of the boot of a paratrooper who was forcing out of the plane. This is so cruel. Oh, that's so mean. <laughs> the 187th was stationed in Korea for four months in the summer of 1953. Rocky was outside of the mess hall when the AAA battery came under artillery fire. Oh, Rocky was hit underneath the chin by shell fragments. She received a purple heart. She also received a Korean service medal. Despite her accolades, she bit several soldiers, shredded chairs, stole food, and uprooted trees. According to a, an, <laughs> according to a 1954 article in Stars and Stripes, she was, quote, destined to be a permanent private E2 due to her, <laughs> due to her quote, somewhat unsoldierly conduct, including biting castle, going AWOL, and missing a bed check. Guys, she's a bear. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. This is fucking bizarre. I love it. The 50s were cool, man. <laughs> As Rocky grew, she became difficult for the soldiers to handle. A collection of $500 was raised to pay for her to be sent to a zoo in the United States. Master Sergeant Jean Castle, a paratrooper from Paintsville, Kentucky, raised Rocky from the time she was a cub. He elected to donate her to the Lincoln Park Zoo in Chicago because many of the soldiers who served in the battalion were from the Midwest. Rocky was discharged and traveled on the Japanese transport ship Armiston Maru to the Oakland Army Terminal, where she nipped at a dock worker. (laughs) Castle met her there and then drove her in a trailer to Chicago. They both appeared on the television program Zoo Parade. Rocky was transferred to the Lincoln Park Zoo in October 1954, whilst Marlon Perkins was serving as the zoo's director. Then, about 16 months old and weighing 120 pounds, which is 54 kilograms, she was the subject of a newspaper article which announced that Rocky, the world's youngest lady paratrooper, was locked up Saturday in a Lincoln Park Zoo, and there she'll stay. Uh, in 1962, Rocky was paired with a male bear from Uno Zoo in Tokyo. And that's the whole article. Wow. There you go. So that, that's it. You get two Rockies for the price of one today, folks. Uh, we've got Rocky the bear, who 
was in semi-pro and killed a man, and uh, Rocky the Bear, who's a paratrooper, who nipped at several dock workers and chewed the toe off a paratrooper. I need to take a break after that. That is so bizarre. <laughs> Let's take a little break, and we'll be back with the rest of the episode. And guess what time it is? No, if, I'm serious. I want you to I want you to pull over the car, Sharon, and guess. Okay, what time do you think it is? Three forty-four. No, is it beer o'clock? No, it's time for the scratch of the day. scratch the day segment ahead of us guys we've got a few stories and also a, a, a listener submitted story uh with a bit of a story so a, a, a little bit of a backstory to go with it so uh let's jump into some of the news articles i found first uh this first one was all over the news it's pr- fairly recent the associated press reported this on december 15th i'm reading an article from abc news belgian tourist dies in an animal attack at mexico's pacific coast resort of Zihuatanejo. Now, I only know how to pronounce Zihuatanejo because um, it's the place in the Shawshank Redemption where Andy Dufresne is like, come and meet me, man, in Zihuatanejo. And then uh, Morgan Freeman's like, I went down to Zihuatanejo and he was there. That kind of didn't sound like Morgan Freeman. It kind of sounded more like uh, Cleveland Brown from uh, Family Guy. But you get the point. Zihuatanejo. Also, fun fact, I directed the play version of uh, Shawshank Redemption. And my good friend Ben got to say that word a lot. Zihuatanejo. I remember it. He said it so beautifully. Here's the story. A Belgian tourist was killed in an attack on Thursday by either a shark or a crocodile at Mexico's Pacific Coast Resort of Zihuatanejo, officials say. The Civil Defense Office in the southern ga- uh, southern state of uh, Guer- Guer- uh, Guerrero said a man and a woman were bitten on the legs by an unidentified animal. The man was reported dead at the scene while the woman was taken to hospital. State officials said the man was from Belgium and the woman's nationality was not immediately clear. The office said it would be studying the wounds to determine whether they were bitten by a shark or a crocodile, both of which inhabit the area. If it's confirmed as a shark attack, it would be the second such fatality this month on Mexico's southern Pacific coast. In early December, a Mexican woman died after she was severely bitten in the leg by a shark just off the beach town of Melik, west of the seaport town of Manzanillo. Yes. In 2019, a U.S. diver survived a shark bite on the forearm uh, off the Baja California Sur coast. There you go. So it's a short one, a short story today. But uh, yes, Belgian uh, man has died in Zihuatanejo, and a woman is in uh, a pretty poor condition. So there's no follow-up on this one. Um, If there's more information that comes in in the following weeks, we will talk about it. Uh, Let's move on. Very quick, that one. Let's move on. This one's from the Japan Times. I don't think I've ever read a story from the Japan Times. A zoo worker has died after an apparent lion attack in Fukushima. Uh, Let's read the story. An animal keeper died, apparently after being attacked by a lion at a zoo in northeastern Japan, police and the facilities operator said on Thursday. Kenichi Kato, who was 53, was found bleeding from the neck in the lion cage at Tohoku, uh, yeah, Tohoku Safari Park 
in Nihonmatsu, Fukushima Prefecture, at around 3.25pm, the police said, adding that he was taken to hospital in an unresponsive state and later pronounced dead. The scars suggest Kato had been mauled by an animal, and security camera footage showed a lion pouncing on him, according to the police and the zoo's vice president, Nora Chika Kumakubo. Yes. (laughs) Kato, an experienced staffer who had worked at the zoo for more than 25 years, was apparently attacked while trying to close the door between the cage and the workers' passage. The zoo said it would be closed until safety managers uh, safety management measure, measurements are improved. Um, I think that there's a few translation errors there. It's probably written in Japan and translated into English, but it's not, um, yeah, not, not immediately clear. Again, really, really short story, not a lot of information there, but I do have another story. This one comes from the, uh, the New Straits Time. It's an Indian uh, story, or a subcontinent story, so uh, bear with me if I get a lot of pronunciations wrong, like I didn't just get the Mexican and the uh, Japanese ones wrong as well. If you can say one thing about me, is that my mispronunciations are not prejudiced, right? They're not racial. It's not just India, okay? It's everywhere. Everywhere that's not an anglicized place. I can do Australian ones pretty good, and like some Kiwi places, I, I can it clicks. American ones, I kind of get that, but like anything French or Japanese or Indian or Chinese, I just, the, it sucks. It's not, what it is, is I'm not used to seeing certain letters next to each other and they really throw me off. Anyway, this uh, headline reads, and this should be a good, interesting story. Elephant joins 80 member squad searching for a man-eating tiger. Two trained elephants have joined an 80 member team comprising of veterinary doctors, forest officials, and shooters searching for an elusive tiger identified as a man-eater in southern India's Kerala state, reported German news agency DPA. The two trained elephants are expected to signal if the tiger is hiding in tall grass or bushes during the search, which has now been going on for almost a week, local forest officer Shanjana Karim said on Friday. The search started after the half-eaten body of 36-year-old farmer was sorry, the half-eaten body of a 36-year-old farmer was found in a forest area of uh, Wayanad on December 9th. The man was most likely attacked by a tiger while he was collecting grass to feed his cattle. India's more than 3,100 tigers make up more than 75% of the world's tiger population. Many of them live in national parks called reserve forests adjacent to populated farmlands leading to animal-human conflict. The Royal Bengal Tiger is an endangered species and India's national animal. The chief wildlife warden in Kerala has given orders to shoot the tiger dead if it could not be tranquilized under special provisions for tackling man-eaters. Currently, the 13-year-old male tiger, identified as WWL-45 in the Forest Department's database, was believed to be moving around the same area where the farmer was killed, the forest official said. That's a wild story. I love India. Like, the the, the caliber of man-eaten news stories that come out of that country are fantastic. And this is so... It's so, it's so cool. This is like... 2023, this is still happening. I mean, it's not cool. Let me... <laughs> Let me restate, because it's not cool that a, a fucking tiger's eating people. But um, it's so it's so interesting that we could we could read a, a Jim Corbett story from like the nine like nineteen 
10 or something like that. And it's the same thing. It's like, we need to get a group of people together to go looking for a tiger because it's identified as a man-eater and we need to kill it. We've brought in some elephants this time, which is pretty cool. I guess as the elephants are taller, they can just look down and see into the grass if the, uh, if the tiger's there. Pretty interesting. I wonder if the tiger's only killed one person. Yeah. There's some more information, actually. What's this? Uh, more news. Police confirm identi identity of a man mauled by tiger yesterday. What's that? Let's read that. Um, here we go. Uh, I, I'm not sure if this is, like, related to the story, but let's see. Police confirm identity of man mauled by tiger yesterday. Police have confirmed the identity of the man who was mauled, by, mauled to death by a tiger at Kula Walk near Pos Pasik here yesterday. District Police Chief Superintendent Sik Chun Fu said this victim was 42-year-old Indonesian national. Uh, no, this is not looking like it's the same story, but it's interesting. Indonesian man mauled by tiger. Yeah. In the report, the villager claimed that he spotted several human body parts while on his way to a workplace in Pos Palsik. Is this in Indonesia or is this in India now? I think we might be in Indonesia now. Um... Suspecting a tiger attack, he then alerted other villagers informing the police, he said in a statement. Six said a police team deployed to the scene later recovered more body parts in the area. He added that the remains had been sent to Guam Asang Hospital for post-mortem. The incident was the second reported in the area since October. Last month, 25-year-old Orang Asime... Oh, sorry. A 25-year-old Orang Asli man was mauled to death by a tiger, also in Pos Pasig. Uh, PC Amud was reported missing on October 4th when he did not return to home after going to a nearby village the day before. His remains were found by villagers with injuries all over his head and body on October 5th. Okay, different story, but it, it's still, like, you know, really interesting. There was one more here. It's like a little link to, um, villagers in fear after finding tiger pug marks. I wonder if this is also in, in India. Um, uh... Gua Masang. No, this is related to the um, attack we just talked about, the Indonesian one, I think. Tiger pug marks found yesterday near some homes have struck fear into the villages of Kampung, Serbrang, Lembaga, and the. <laughs> go ahead, give me a go here, okay. Have struck fear into the villages of Kampung, Sebrang, Lembaga, and the Kesedar Sungai Terra Land Rehabilitation Scheme here. Many of the villagers who are smallholders say who are smallholders, all that means, say they are afraid to go out too long and be in the open and prefer to be indoors in the safety of their home. Yeah, that's that's basically it. <laughs> crazy. Crazy. It's uh, it's exactly what I was just saying before. It's crazy that that stuff still happens in in it's so um it's so foreign to me that, that could even happen in a modern society, but I guess it does. Okay, next story. Uh, this is CBS reporting that a bear has killed a bear has been killed after biting a man and engaging in a standoff with his dog in Northern California. This uh, is written by Emily May. Uh, how do I say Zach Zakor? C Z. It's like a Greek thing. Ch ch ch. I knew a girl with like a, her last name was C Z U K A, and you'd think it would be like Kazuka, but it's Chuka. So maybe this would be uh, Emily May Ch Chador? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. A bear was euthanized in Northern California over the weekend after attacking a man who shot the animal as it engaged in a standoff with his dog, authorities said. 
The incident happened in Calpine, a rural community near Reno that sits on the edge of the Tahoe National Forest in California's Black Bear Country. The attack happened on Friday night, the Sierra County Sheriff's Office said in a news release shared on Facebook. The Calpine residents told authorities his dog had run off the evening prior after being let outside to go to the bathroom, and the man had then gone outside himself to run after it. Whilst outside, the man said he encountered a bear that emerged suddenly from his neighbor's property. The bear charged and bit the man several times, according to the sheriff's office. He sustained bite wounds to his hands, wrist, and leg, which required medical treatment, but he did not require hospitalization. After the bear charged and bit him, the man told authorities that he retrieved a shotgun from his home and then returned outside to find the bear engaged in a standoff with his dog. Because he feared for the dog's safety, the man shot the bear, the sheriff said. Authorities were able to locate the bear after the man reported... Let me say that again. Authorities were able to locate the bear after the man reported the attack on Saturday. It was found wounded but alive, and the animal was subsequently captured and euthanized by officials with the California Department of Fish and Wildlife. Officials transported the bear to Sacramento to undergo a a necropsy, another word I can't say, necropsy, where its body will also be screened for rabies. Black bears are the only species of bear that currently live in California, with the last grizzly bear sighting in the state being nearly a century ago, in 1924, according to the Fish and Wildlife Department. Black bears are found in natural habitats as well as rural and residential areas. Quote, Black bears provide many ecosystems benefits by serving as seed dispensers, scavengers, and predators, wildlife officials wrote, but their presence can also be a cause for concern as some have been known in California and elsewhere to cause property damage, loss of small livestock or pets, and other safety threats if they become too habituated to humans and the search for food in areas where people are living. Still, bear attacks on humans are rare. There you go. I I don't blame him. I love dogs. Uh, I would also shoot the bear. (laughs) I know that in a lot of places in America, there's a lot of... Like, you have to be in very specific circumstances to be allowed to shoot a bear. Like, you have to be being attacked by the bear. And I think that if the bear is about to attack the dog, that should clear him from any criminal wrongdoing. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, final piece of um, of uh, Scratch of the Day. So I got an f- uh, Instagram message on the Man It Is Instagram, which you, by the way, good friends, can also uh, visit um, at Man It Is Podcast. Um, let me just see if I can pull it up so I can read exactly what it said. It's from Chris. Chris is a, a pal of the podcast, been listening for a while, um, from North America. Um, and he's seen a mountain lion before. I'm just reading back uh, old... Um, I'm just reading back old messages that he sent through. Um, so he says, This isn't a man-eater per se, but it is an absolute legend. If you ever need to look up a story, I'd be curious to see if you could find anything. Well, challenge is accepted, Chris. Um, I'll tell you what the image he sent was. It's a it's a meme. Uh it says, spirit animals don't exist, but then they've cut it off. Spirit animals don't exist, and then it's a picture of a pig in Australia stealing 18 beers from campers, getting drunk, and fights a cow. So I did look this up. Um, the article is from over 10 years ago. It's published on um, the 9th of September, 2013. Um, and the article does read, drunk and boorish, swigging pig hogs 18 beers at campsite. Campers told to lock up food and drink after feral pig goes on a bender in Western Australia and ends up with an altercation with a cow. So I'm fairly certain I've got the right article. Um, So let's read this together. 
A rampage by a feral pig that consumed 18 beers has prompted warnings for people at campsites to properly secure their food and alcohol. The pig struck at the DeGray River rest area, east of the remote Western Australian town of Port Hedland in Pilbara, according to the ABC. The animal was seen stealing three six-packs of beer from campers before ransacking rubbish bags for food. One camper reported seeing the pig guzzling the beer down before getting involved in an altercation with a cow. <laughs> Quote, In the middle of the night, these people camping opposite us heard a noise. So they got their torch out and shone it on the pig and there he was, scrunching away at their cans, said the visitor, who estimated that the pig had consumed 18 beers. Then he went on and raided all the rubbish bags. There were some other people camped right on the river and they saw him being chased around the vehicle by a cow. <laughs> the pig was reportedly... <laughs> this is great. The pig was reportedly last seen resting under a tree, possibly nursing a hangover. Feral pigs are considered an invasive pet in many parts of, uh, pest in many parts of Australia owing to the diseases they carry, which can affect livestock. They also damage crops and compete with native species for food. Several state governments advise people to report sightings of feral pigs so that they can be removed. The feeding of these animals is discouraged. Um, that's the article. Wow, there you go. Alright, Chris, I hope that solved it for you. Um, see if I can find any more articles on it. Um, <laughs> oh, this will be good. Lad Bible. Lad Bible. <laughs> Let's see if they've got anything different. Yeah. <laughs> Lad Bible reports, same story. It's been 10 years since one of the great animal-related stories to come out of Australia. While loads of people are worried about spiders, snakes, octopuses, kangaroos, and a bunch of other species when they fly into the country, there's another animal they should be worried about, especially if they've had a drink or two. A feral pig went on a crazed rampage at a campsite in Western Australia after having one too many beverages. It managed to sneak into the DeGray River rest area, which is located just east of Port Hedland in the Pilbara region. According to the ABC, the pig nicked three six-packs of beer and ran off. Witnesses say they saw the animal guzzling the amber liquid and finished them all off. You'd think that would be the pinnacle of the story. However, the pig returned and was so drunk on rage and beer that it tried to start a fight with a local cow. <laughs> Um, I'm just, the rest of it's just quotes from the scene. The story became notorious in Australia. I mean, how often do you hear of a beer-drinking cow-fighting pig that lived to tell the tale? It was given the nickname Swino. <laughs> That's good. In Australia, we call an alcoholic person a wino. Uh, so <laughs> we, we do that with every word, by the way. We shorten it down. So it's, it's a swino. Uh, oh, no, this is sad. Oh. <laughs> It was given the nickname Swino, and unfortunately, it managed to get hit by a car a few weeks later following the incident, and it died. The legend was so iconic that Main Roads Western Australia was even considering erecting a memorial for the pig so that generations of people would forever remember the story. That's a very Australian thing to do. Fiona Finley of uh, Main Roads said at the time, If we could erect something in his honour and put a few facts down as a reminder to people to not drink and drive... It's a combined effort from road safety, but also a little bit of a memorial for the little pig as well. It's all about our travel well-being objective, and we're trying to make the journey for everyone a little bit more enjoyable. So we're thinking a pig with empty beer cans at his feet, or maybe a cartoon character erected with a sign attached. She admitted that it might be hard to fund the project, and it's unclear if the plaque ever came to fruition. Well, there you go. Um... There isn't... There, oh, no, there is a link to an SBS uh, news article... 
about the pig getting hit by a car. Let's read that too. Um, beer swilling WA pig meets tragic end. A beer swilling feral pig that made headlines for stealing six packs from tourists in Western Australia has met a tragic end. Main roads in the region confirmed on Monday that the wild pig had been found dead after being hit by a truck near Port Hedland. The pig, dubbed Swino by locals, had been hunted for weeks after raiding campsites at the DeGray River rest area in South Hedland region last month. We had hoped he would become our mascot, so it's a sad end for him, Fiona Finley of Main Road said. It's a very common occurrence for feral animals to get hit and killed by vehicles, but we are all a little bit upset. The pig was said to have drunk as many as 18 cans of, be- cans of beer in one session before sneaking his snout in bin bags to find late night snacks left by tourists. Witnesses even report seeing the por- the porcine predator picking a fight with a cow. Officers have been trying to locate the animal who had kept his snout clean <laughs> since his booze up a month ago. There you go. Wow. What an end to Swino. What a legend. Sm- let's, call- let's call it Swino's our badass motherfucker of the week. I love Swino. I miss Swino. Maybe Swino could be like an unofficial, um, an unofficial uh, mascot for the for our show as well. All right. Um, you know what time it is, guys. It's time for a segment we haven't done for a little bit. Uh, I'm really excited for it. Let's talk about today's wacky weirdo of the week. it's been a little while maybe we need to refresh on what the segment's about um this is about the weird and wacky weirdos who um who end up in the news for animal related reasons um not necessarily getting eaten by an animal at least so far um but more or less it's revolved around uh, animal crimes so bestiality um animal cruelty that kind of thing and today's weird wacky weirdo of the day uh (laughs) Unfortunately, it's a, a professor from uh, Penn State. Uh, this is reported from the New York Post. Now, this is from a while ago, um, from June 15th. So it's about half a year ago, but it's still interesting. Penn State professor accused of bestiality begged to be killed, court docs show. Um, an award-winning Penn State professor who has been arrested in a sickening bestiality case involving his pet collie begged rangers to shoot him, telling them, I need to die as it was claimed that he's been performing lewd acts in a state forest for nearly a decade, according to court documents. Themis Matsukis, 64 years old, became nervous and then began to panic when officials from the Pennsylvania Department of Conservation and Natural Resources showed up on his doorstep earlier this month to search his home, after he was allegedly caught on a trail cam performing sexual acts with his dog. I'm done, I... I'm done. I'm dead. You don't understand. I do it to blow off some steam. <laughs> Matsukis, a well-regarded chemistry engineering professor, was quoted telling the Rangers, according to an affidavit cited by the news outlet WTAJ. He then reportedly begged the DCNR officials to execute him. What do I have to do to get you to shoot me? I need to die, Matsukis pleaded. <laughs> Matsukas was arraigned on Tuesday on charges of open lewdness, indecent exposure, sexual intercourse with an animal, and animal cruelty. The professor's dramatic fall from grace came nearly two months after a trail camera installed by the DCNR on on Roth Rock State Forest in Pennsylvania allegedly captured Matsukas on the night of April 13th, walking naked from the waist down with his pet collie. 
<laughs> That's so weird. The shocking footage reported... Oh, my God. The shocking footage reportedly showed the professor wearing nothing but a ski mask, boots, and socks with a wristwatch and carrying a North Face backpack. Ugh. Great publicity for North Face. Matsukas reportedly could be seen masturbating near a woman's public restroom before engaging in a sexual act with the dog, according to the affidavit. The man also allegedly tried to record his antics with the collie using a silver iPad. Why do these weirdos film it? I don't, that's what I don't get. Why film it? I guess you can use it later. It's still just memory, bro. Put it in the spank bank. Jesus. DCNR investigators later obtained six images from other trail cams in the area dating back to 2014, showing what appeared to be the same man wandering through the woods in the buff. Last month, rangers spotted the familiar visitor with the North Face backpack on one of the trail cameras and tracked him back to his vehicle, a green Subaru Outback. The investigators then obtained his license plate number and were able to match his DMV photo to the other images of the nude man in the woods. The probe culminated in the search of Matsukis' home, during which rangers reportedly seized several items that were seen in the April 13th trail cam video, including the ski mask, the North Face backpack, and the silver iPad. The Penn State professor's collie, which was in the house, also reportedly matched the dog in the revolting trail cam footage. Matsukis has taught at the prestigious Penn State University since 1991, earning at least three professional accolades, including the 2017 Premier Teaching Award. The school... The school told the Center Daily Times this week the professor has been relieved of his responsibility and is on leave. Matsukis is back is due back on court for the preliminary hearing on July 19th. Jesus Christ. Oh, good. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, Mr. Matsukis, you are our wacky widow of the day. Uh, I wonder what happened to this guy. Let's Because this is six months ago. I wonder if he ended up getting um, getting charged with anything. Let's have a look. Let's Google his name. Themis Matsukis. <laughs> it says he's a researcher. <laughs> oh, this is great. Just so you know, the uh, the top, like, recommended searches, the top one is just Themis Matsukis. Themis Matsukis' wife. I guess people want to know what his wife looks like. Themis Matsukis, 64. Themis Matsukis' family. Themis Matsukis' dog video. <laughs> and then Themis Matsukis' rate my professor. <laughs> I want to see what his rate my professor is. <laughs> God. Rate my professor. He's got, oh, wow. He's got a, wow. Hey, he's got an 89%. Oh, no. <laughs> he's got a four out of five. Uh, 18 people think he's awesome. Um, where are some of these reviews? Dr. Matsukis cares about his students, and you can tell he's very invested in the course. Since the course is very organized and breaks down the concepts in a much simpler way, his exams were fair, but they are not too easy and not too difficult either. I would overall 100% recommend taking Thermo 1 with Themis. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, girl, God. <laughs> Nowhere does it say uh, he had sex with dogs, so... Interesting, interesting that. Um, all right, let's let's see what happened to Themis Matsukis. Let's go. Um, yeah, man. Like, who is? We, there's nothing about this. Like, there's no. Um, he has a website. Mm. I'm not seeing anything about like what's happened after the accusations. 
God, so bad. He's authored several books. Um, I, God. <laughs> I can't find anything. I just keep finding the same article I've just read. The quote, he does it to blow off steam, is really disturbing to me. What happened at Penn State with a dog? That's a question. What happened at Penn State with a dog? Long time and award-winning Penn State professor allegedly performed sexual acts with a dog in sickening displays that were captured on state forest trail cameras. Oh, God. I also want to go back to the story. <laughs> the photo of the... Um, I don't want to say... Of Rothrock State Forest, there's a photo. It looks like a beautiful place to go for a hike, um, to go camping maybe to have sex with a dog, it looks gorgeous, um, why is he walking naked, that's what I want to know, why, like, why, like, you can just do it, <laughs> you don't have to take your clothes off, I don't want to talk about this anymore, guys, I'm done, thank you, <laughs> god damn, that's the episode, let's call it there, Jesus, thanks so much for listening, everybody, um, We've got two new episodes for the rest of the year. We've got part one and part two of the best of 2023. Uh, my personal favorite parts of the episodes for the last 12 months. That's going to go up for the next two weeks. But like I said at the outset, this is the last time I'm going to be recording uh, Man Eaters in 2023. Um, so I will quickly just say, I, I'll get into all the mushy stuff next episodes, but thank you so much for uh, for listening uh, to the show. And a special thank you to everyone who's filled out the Man It Is survey so far as well. At the beginning of this episode, you would have heard a little uh, request for me to fill out a survey. We've had dozens of people do it, which is really, really lovely. Lovely feedback, really great suggestions. I did have one person suggest that I should um, keep my rant at the beginning of the episode more child-friendly. Um, that is something I am considering taking on board, but I will say uh, this podcast probably not meant for children. I'll just say that. Uh, but if they want to listen, I will try to stop saying words like balls and jizz and nutsack. Okay, that's going to do it, everybody. Uh, have a fantastic week. I'll see you next week with our uh, Best of 2023 series. Have a fantastic time and stay safe out there because as we've learned, it's a jungle out there.